Welcome to the Zexing Load. I'm Jamin. What? Everybody else I, understood it. I don't think anybody understood that. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And Olivia is just eating a jar of jelly. Yeah, and? What flavor? You'll have to comment below. Let us know what flavor you think it is. It's at least of the reddish variety, if that means anything. Okay, Olivia's diets are weird. Let's go ahead and hop back into Genesis. In our last episode, Jacob and Esau reunite, and it feels so good. I don't uh -huh. know that song in context or what it means. So, anyways, Jacob and Esau get back together, and then they... I'm starting to understand the context now from your laughter. And then they split up. Basically, Jacob says, oh, no, 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 you go ahead, I'll catch up. And then um, the next part of the story is Jacob goes a different route. <laughs> so it doesn't, it, it kind of so, seems like. So wait, you're telling me they reunited. And then it they feels so good. Then they split up again. Oh, yeah, but he told him he was coming, and then it seemed like he went to Canaan. <laughs> so, so he was there, then he was back again? Are you trying to do a he's Lord of the Rings to, reference? Yes. It's not good, man. you got to work on your connections. Okay. Listen, so, you just do random reunited and it feels so good. Like, I was just doing a random thing, too. Nope, not good enough. And then uh, he seems to go off to Canaan. Instead, doesn't seem to necessarily catch up with Esau. So it makes you think, wow, he's, we thought Jacob was maybe kind of turning over a leaf in some ways. Things were going well. And, you know, then he wrestled with Jesus. That was a whole episode we did. You can go watch that. And basically was like, bless me, bless me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, that seems odd. And now he's like, okay, so I'll catch up. And then he just goes another way. So it's like, is there still a bunch of Jacob that needs some growth? Is he still afraid somewhere his brother's going to kill him, even though his brother was clearly just like the greatest reaction you could have expected? Bro, I love you. Where you been? I'm not going to kill you. So anyways, who knows? Uh, but here's then a little narrative that happens that I think we've seen before. We've been through a lot in Genesis, so search your memory banks. Where have we seen something like this before? Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem. And I think when we say that, we're not saying like the city of Shechem. We're saying the city where someone named Shechem lived. He's an important character or an anti-important character. I, I, I'm not sure... A villain. We'll see in the next episode. But he comes to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, on his way from Padan Aram in Tatooine, and he camped before the city. I don't think that took place in Tatooine. And from the sons of Hamar, Shechem's father, so again, Shechem is a person, he bought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. There, hey, you said it right. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohe Israel, which would mean El is God. So God, the God of Israel, is what he calls the altar. 
Does this feel familiar from any territory we've already perused through? I mean, the Tatooine part is ringing some bells, but other than that, I'm... It's the only thing that shouldn't have rang any bells. <laughs> uh, we saw a character buy a piece of land in Canaan before. Yes. Yeah. Abraham. Abraham, right. And what was the big deal we made of Abraham at that time? Um, he, he, he bought land to bury mm. his wife. Bury Sarah, and then eventually he would be buried as well. So we've seen Genesis kind of have a lot of like mirror images throughout it. Maybe at this point, uh, Jacob is buying his own land where he'll pass away. I'm not sure that that's ever explicitly stated, uh, but since we've seen so many connections between narratives, maybe this could be that. I mean, is he trying to become neighbors with Esau in the sense? Well, no, because he went a different direction than Esau. Esau went back to Seir, but Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth and built himself a house. <laughs> Which, you know, you just gotta wonder, like, yeah, I'll catch up in a bit. Let me just, I'm gonna go over here and build a build house. A house. <laughs> it's been 84 years. What happened? Oh, there was a storm. <laughs> it took a while to catch I, up. I got <laughs> lost. I was straight on uh, the desert ask for islands. directions. You know us men. It's 84 years worth of yeah, so. But, I don't know. It just, there's, I feel like there's not enough meat to, like, figure out the the reasoning behind him. Just like, oh, see you later. Peace. Like, I'm out. Like, it just, I don't know. It's It somewhat matches his character. I mean, unless the Bible's just, like, skipping over some narrative like and eh, we don't need to tell them about all that but i don't think it is because it says esau goes to sierra but jacob journeyed to sukkuth <laughs> so it doesn't seem that way um but i i would wonder if part of the meat here is um esau goes one route towards uh something not explicitly connected to canaan and Jacob, who's got the blessings of receiving the land of Canaan one day through his grandfather Abraham and his descendants will one day have it, he goes towards Canaan. So you see him venturing forward to the land that's been promised to him. And then just like Abraham, at the end of his life, after never receiving any of this land that God told me he was going to get, Abraham legally buys a piece of land at the very end of his life, right? And it's like, wow, Abraham, in the last moments, finally owned just a little piece that his descendants would own. Is this continuing to comment in that direction? Where it's like, hey, maybe now See, I don't Jacob feel like owns it, just a little Because I feel like the story of Jacob, like, we're not at the end of it yet. Like, it still has him as, like, the head of the patriarchy still... Hasn't he's got some time? Yeah, yeah. But he's not going to die till Genesis forty nine, which is the very end of the book. Yeah. Um. So it's like we got st we still have some time here, because, I mean, for those that have read ahead, we know when his death is. So like. And this is this is the point where you. Is like the Bible trying to fast forward, then it comes back as a flashback. Well, so we're about to get into Joseph's story, and that's right. going to take up. Most of it. Most of the rest of it. So we're not like not towards the end. <laughs> but. Well, he's so, he's soon no longer going to be the main character. Yeah. 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 
So I think maybe what's happening is we're switching over characters now. And because we're doing that, it's giving us this piece for the end of Jacob's story. That way we know how his story wraps up, even though he's not actually ending yet, he's going to continue to be a part. It's no longer necessarily about him. So they want to skip forward to that and throw it in there before the rest of it happens. Yeah, and if this is a place where his burial might one day be, if it's mirroring Abraham's story, then it would make all the more sense that we're reaching kind of like a end right. piece of, of the story. Uh, but either way, you know, he ends up here in Canaan, and I'd wonder if just as Abraham had this, like, probably mild celebration of, I finally have a piece of the land that was promised to me, does Jacob also now see the echoes of God's promise to Abraham now in his own life? Wow, now I, I have a piece of land that that was promised to my family. You could also go a negative route where God promised he would give them the land and their... They bought it with their own money instead. Yeah. Uh, some would say both of their stories go that route. I don't necessarily know that you have to go that route because it's not like... They don't seem deceptive here. But, you know, it could be trying to take getting land into your own hands just like Abraham tried to take getting a son into his own hands. Right. Could be. But I... I don't know. I don't always see... I don't see, like, moral implications quite here. Though, then you gotta wonder, because the story where this is gonna lead is abundant with lots of moral implications. So, that's our next episode. Uh, but I thought one of the things that, before we wrap up, I just wanted to remember, like, the extent to which God's promise goes about this land. You know, for... For Abraham, it's look out there. Actually, Abraham, this is interesting. We should probably mention this because, again, we have bookends. Um, when Abraham first uh, ran into God, uh, where did I leave that passage? <laughs> it's just 30, 33, 18 is where we currently are. Um, yeah, when Jacob, when Abraham originally ran into God and then built an altar, it was actually, uh, it was a city named Shechem. So again, I think we have these bookends of the very first promise to Abraham was at a place called Shechem. So even if this is not the same Shechem, because this is a a guy named Shechem, like that word seems intentional. Uh, they, Abraham looked at all that land and God said to your offspring, I will give this land. That's all the more reason I might think that for Jacob, like he's buying this land, they're further cementing the promise that God made a long time ago, right? But by the time of the New Testament, that promise evolves all the much more so. We don't just inherit Canaan. What what do we inherit from a Jesus perspective? The earth. The earth, yeah. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, which the people who inherited Canaan certainly didn't do it through meekness. <laughs> um, but through Jesus and through a New Testament Jesus context, um, Christians, through their uh, pacifistic ways of following the Holy Spirit, 
eventually inherit not just the land of Canaan. That promise has now been multiplied through Jesus. We inherit the resurrected world. And I think that's huge and crucial because like, I even think from like a, a poor man perspective, like I get made fun of because I ain't seen much of the world. Where you guys been? I've been to Florida once. <laughs> I've been to Florida. Okay, I've been to Florida. If that's as far as you've been, apparently I have seen much of the world in comparison to Olivia. But... Uh, 11 countries, 4 continents. All right, well, yeah. you're a missionary. We you're a missionary kid. You're an MK. Of course you've seen a lot of the world. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only time I really left was, A, the Bahamas, which apparently is owned by the States, wherever I was. So I didn't leave the States. And then, B, Greece. So I haven't seen much of the world, but I like to imagine (laughs) that even though I may not get to experience much of it today in the resurrected earth, I'll have the ability to teleport wherever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how the resurrected body works, but Jesus was always teleporting around after the resurrection. So I, 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 I like to imagine like, hey, this is not the end for me. Like, I'll be back, you know? Like, I'll get to come and enjoy this again. And of course, in its resurrected form, it'll be better and more awesome and perfect and and all that. And whatever work there is to do will be enjoyable, but uh, um, that's what heaven ultimately is, is the fulfillment of Abraham's promise, the land that I will give you, by the way, it's grown a little bit. It is now the entire world. I mean, the world's very different depending on where you go. But, like, you can have somewhat parallels to, like, different states. Mm-hmm. Like, I've also been to, I think, 42 states. So, like, I've been around the U.S. a lot. And, like, Hong Kong is similar to Florida. Where when you walk out of any air-conditioned building, the humidity and heat just hit you like a wall. <laughs> and it's so crazy just to, to feel that between just like five feet. It's nuts. Um, That's the great part. I won't have to just like drive to Florida in the winter and go back to Michigan in the <laughs> summer. I'll just, well, gotta go. Break some bread and disappear. <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure that's how Jesus magic works. So you really, you give me that bread. Not, Whoa! <laughs> click your heels three times. It might be clicking. There's heels no three place times. like. <laughs> I, There's no I, place like heaven. There's I, no place like heaven. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I was just like, imagine still getting to explore the world and its diversity. Like, we, it's still, it's still here for us in the end. You know, it's. A lot of people have imagined, due to the covers of Left Behind, that the world just blows up and nothing <laughs> matters. And you could, if you wanted, argue that the world blows up and then started over. But I don't see like a full reason to have to go to that extreme. I don't think the Bible forces you into that route. I think it keeps giving you this picture of the world recreated. Like God's not just God has always been looking for the fullness of Eden to come to the earth. I feel like that's hard to do if you blow the whole thing up and then you just remake Eden. Like, makes sense that out of what we have, God continues to craft. Earth 2.0. And then you have the nations come into the earth. Like, Revelation is all about 
the church as a diverse bride, right? The church, the bride of Christ is not a white person. The bride of Christ is people of all cultures, tribes, languages, people who cross the whole spectrum of culture and everything have given their lives to Jesus. And Revelation pictures kings coming before God and bowing down and and giving him honor as though like the eclectic bride of Christ in the future world <laughs> still kind of has its own diversity and culture within its perfection of being spiritually renewed to be like Jesus. So uh how did we jump from Genesis to Revelation? Because it's all in the promise Jamie... of Abraham. Okay. The reason that we okay. inherit the world at all is because the promise in the first place was that we would inherit the land, which through Jesus just gets blown up to a much bigger when Jesus, you know, basically gives us like, when I say land, I mean the planet, <laughs> you know, like all of it. It'll all be yours, uh, dry bones rattling, coming back to life again. And then an army of dry bones. Her worship song is aged, whatever that was. Yes. Ours is new. I hear the sound of the dry bones rattling. Do, do, do. What are you singing? CLC the, tunes? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I just... It, Get I, with the times, Olivia. We literally sing that song in church all the time. Don't at me, Jamin. <laughs> well, anyways, I just, you know... Before this brief moment, he gets a piece of Canaan, and that, and for us, we can take joy, like, as Christians. Sure, we might die just like Jacob did, like Abraham did, but we still have the promise of inherited land ahead of us as, as well. And uh, apparently people fight a lot about, like, Jerusalem having to be that land, like, when it comes to, like, end times type stuff. Like, when God comes back, he's specifically going to... Jerusalem on the planet and that that has to be like the thing but like as someone who has never studied any of that route of theories of end time stuff the Bible to me just clearly shows like the whole planet becomes Jerusalem the whole planet becomes God's presence becomes Eden at the very end of things it's not about like a specific physical location on the planet it's that the whole world is God's new Jerusalem and it's illuminated by him and we have everything that we need and could ever want found in him. So all so of that to Jerusalem come. Jerusalem 2.0. Uh, like Jerusalem 8 million point oh, okay. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the beta. It's something far beyond. It's the zeta. It's the alpha and the omega. It's the beginning and the end. It's the first letter and the last. I'm just going to let this keep going as it's long as the possible. the front page of the book and the final. So it's a one-page book. It's the theme song and the credits. When you guys hear those worship musics about armies of dry bones do you ever imagine dry bones from mario because everyone in my house does and it's like a ongoing gag we have 
Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. No, Olivia, no one thinks of that. Though, whenever I hear this old oldie song, I think of the little white plant from, from Mario singing it. It just goes, wah, 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 wah.